Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Big Deck Energy. I am Allie. And I am Scala. And on tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about horror. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) It's not as spooky as it sounds. Before we get into that, though, Scala, we're going to turn you over to our social media and a few announcements. Yes. So, uh, YouTube, you could follow us at Big Deck Energy. Link to our Discord is on there as well. Uh, Instagram, Big Deck Energy Podcast, and Twitter, Big Deck Energy underscore. Um, in addition to that, just do a correction to our last podcast when we we're talking about a uh, combat wheelchair. Uh, we actually got tweeted by uh, Sarah Thompson, the creator of Combat Wheelchair, just to inform us that she actually uh, is disabled. She's just not wheelchair bound anymore. Uh, so a lot of her inspiration came from her experiences while she was uh, wheelchair bound and obviously talking to other people in the community. Uh, she was really nice about it. So thank you for that. Uh, thanks for not canceling us. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah. And we're still huge supporters. So please Absolutely. make sure you go check that out. Donate to the Patreon. Um, yes. All those good things. Right. Yeah. Um, and we also have. My dice bag came the in. The dice bag came in. Um, so we just wanted to show it off considering we ordered it. We talked about it last week. Um, so Kim Designs. Yes, yes, that's So Kim Designs. And it came with a little note. Handwritten note. Um, yeah, and this comes personally written notes with every dice bag. I saw in the uh, one of the other reviews that they left there. They got one as well. Very nice fabric. Very uh, well done. I used to work for like a screen printing and embroidery uh, company. So I know how difficult some of that stuff is and sewing is so much harder. But it, it's really well done. Eight very spacious pockets uh, inside of it. And it's so pretty. Yeah, it, it, it's really it's really nice. And it's shipped extreme. Like literally the next day after I purchased it, it was already shipped. So uh, that's how we were able to have it on this podcast. Yeah. So definitely go check them out on Etsy. That's so Kim Designs. Good job. Thank you so much. Um, I'm sure Scala will use it to kill our characters. Absolutely. Enough. Yeah. All right. So jumping into today, today's episode, we're talking about horror and we're not talking about horror in the sense of uh, Friday the 13th, Freddy versus Jason, Halloween type horror, but we're talking about horror at the table. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to go over some of that stuff today. So we figured since our podcast is sort of in its infancy, um, some really basic stuff that we haven't talked about is table etiquette. Yeah, it's it's something that it's very easy to get overlooked. Um, and it's not like, a, I guess, a conversation that most people have. Like if you're a new player to D&D, you know, I guess it's kind of awkward for like the veterans to go up to you and be like, this is what you should and shouldn't do. But it, mm-hmm. it is definitely something that should happen. So we're going to kind of just go over uh, some of our experiences and things that you should know before getting into a game or a server, whatever it might be. Yeah, know before you go. And we'll, we'll split it up like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's some just generic rules that you know without being told um but we'll talk about it in a in a person-to-person game and you know with the pandaroni with the pandaroni with the pandaroni uh situation is that most of your games will probably be conducted online and there's still etiquette there as well so we'll just jump right into it um let's see you now have experience as a dm which is very exciting yes, yes i love it um you're very good at it so what I would like to think that we're good players um, and that we behave properly, but mm-hmm. let's kind of start with if we've done anything that you don't like or 
just being now that you are behind the screen, what are some things that you think are super important to you as far as table etiquette go? Because I do think yeah. it kind of varies from DM to DM. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think are just like your basic, like if you were to run a game tomorrow for a bunch of people, these are like the the ground rules you would set for etiquette? Um, well, luckily, my, my first time DMing <laughs> is in a group with all my friends. So yeah. I think we all kind of had an understanding of you know what to do and what not to do it was Mm -hmm. kind of easier for us uh but i would say one of the most important things would be an understanding of uh what's expected from the players as far as uh you know how much research they have to do for the topic stuff like that Uh, burning wheel is a little different than D &D, true just because uh with with burning wheel right like i i expect you you guys to kind of ask for tests and stuff like that. It's just kind of part of the system. It's a little different with something like D and D, where you know it's kind of insulting to to ask your DM like, "Hey, can True. I get a you know dexterity check or something like it?" It's just a little you know you leave that kind of up to the DM because they're driving the the story forward, uh, and and vice versa. I think an, another big part is just making sure as the DM you should kind of make sure that one player isn't. Uh, steamrolling the game and kind of just not leaving a lot of area for the uh the other characters and players to get involved uh that doesn't happen in our game luckily but i could see that being a problem it's i've been in games where that's been a problem um i think that's a great point i think that that is a twofold dm and player Mm -hmm. thing i think as a player you should recognize I, I think we should kind of focus on D and D since it's the it's the broadest one. Absolutely, yeah. Um, as far as like most of these things, you'll just take to any table. Like you mm-hmm. said, with the exception of Burning Wheel, where like the players drive the story more in D and D, and you know most tabletop games. Um, I think your character has a set of skills, and you should know that those are the skills that you're good at. It doesn't mean that you can't do other things. Yeah, it's just that like if you're the bard, you're the charismatic one mm-hmm. if you're the fighter you're the brawn you know if you're the wizard you're the spellcaster and i think that some people get so caught up in wanting to be good at everything that they forget that there's people who specialize in things and that's kind of like the point of having a party exactly is that's like key, key point the you're, party, like you're working together yeah. you're not the main character and like mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite uh, we joke about this a lot. It's like people who have like main character syndrome. Yes. Um, in D&D, you are the main character theoretically, but like you're the main character amongst the other main characters, right? Mm. Like you as a player, you're the main character to you, but your player next to you is their main character. So it's like watching Harry Potter and saying that like Ron and Hermione aren't main characters Mm -hmm. because they are. And they are in different parts of the books, the main character, even though it's about Harry Potter, you know? Mm. So I think that that's a good way to think about it is remember that like you are important, but you're not the only person. Yeah, and the Playing. moment you start doing that, um, and if you do start steamrolling in the, you know, you don't, you're not cognizant of it, or the DM doesn't stop it, you might have players falling out, right? Because if I'm right. not getting enough playtime, I might not be interested. I put all this work into this character, and I don't get to do anything with it. Yeah, and sometimes it's a hard balance because sometimes you do get put in parties where like <clears throat> you are the only person doing anything. Like mm-hmm. I was in a party not too long ago where they were all new players so everyone was super uncomfortable talking and like doing anything so every time there was a decision they'd be like okay Allie well like what are we doing I'm like 
so like the dm and i came to an agreement that like i would stop answering questions Mm -hmm. even if i had an answer i would just like in character not know so like they had to make choices so i think that that's a good solution is if you feel like you're the player who is doing a lot of the work like you're the workhorse um you know maybe talking to your dm about like hey listen like i know it's like pulling teeth but if i don't have the answer and you tell me i don't have the answer then like they have to have it you know they have to be able to figure it out forces them to bring it to the table that's a good point though so how do you feel about um as far as role play like some i know some players are comfortable with you know speaking in character and Mm -hmm. doing accents and stuff like that but you know, as a new player, I I definitely wasn't as comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think it is important for other players to kind of encourage that from them? Or do you think that ends up making the player uncomfortable? I think it's a bit of both. I think that a lot of people want to role play. I, mm. In my experience, most people want to get to the point of role play. And they're more comfortable when other people are doing it with them. It's intimidating when someone is really good at role play and you're just starting Mm -hmm. and like you are still like nervous about it. And I still get that way too. Like even when I DM, sometimes I get a little like, I don't even want to say shy and I went to school for theater and like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's, there is this weird, like, Oh man, like, is this voice going to come across the way I want it to? Or like, is someone going to get offended that I am using this like Southern draw and I don't really know how to speak. So, you know, like, yeah. Um, I think it's good to be encouraging and it's bad to be forceful. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my stand, my standpoint you know, on it. Like, um, and I think, you know, sometimes it might be better outside of session to kind of talk to them and be like, hey, yeah. like, you know, you know, give them words of encouragement. Like, hey, like, you know, you, you did really good with your role playing when you were doing it. You know, just do it a little more like feel feel comfortable yeah, like, and like you scared. said the more people are doing it i think you kind of fall into it a little when more when other people do it i just feel like you don't care like you're mm-hmm. the you are now the person who is weird for not doing it when the rest of your party's doing it yeah where when you're the one person that role plays you're the weird one amongst the people that aren't doing it mm-hmm. um you know so like my the game that I have talked about a few times that I played that I've been playing for three years, my character doesn't have an accent because when I started, no one had an accent. I was like, well, I don't want to be the only one like Mm -hmm. doing it and whatever. And I, I'm friends with them all now. Like now I literally don't care. But at the time I was still timid. Um, but it got to the point where I was tired of just being like me. So I messaged my DM and I was like, Hey, listen, like, can I have an accent that she's been hiding because she's from like a small town, whatever. And he's like, Oh yeah, totally. So like, if you don't have it now, there's no reason you can't like work it in. I never thought about that. Like maybe developing like it was, yeah. it was like a hidden thing that you could bring into it. Yeah. Or if you just get comfortable at one point, you're just like, hey, listen, my character has always talked with this accent. I'm just mm-hmm. finally doing it. Most people are. Um, did you do did you do that in that game? And did you find that like other players? So kind of... I'm not there yet oh, because okay. um in the next, it should be, spoiler alert if they end up listening to this, in the next session, um, they're contacting her family and mm-hmm. that's when she's going to do it for the first time because she doesn't want her family to okay. hear her speak differently. So I hope it'll be like super eye-opening or like super surprising to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, because as, as somebody relatively uh, new to the community, that would definitely make me feel more comfortable yeah. like we were playing this game and it was all and it's also easier to get in character when you have an accent you know you're not playing oh, yeah. as yourself as much but if somebody else at the table did it i would 
you know, I definitely feel more comfortable and kind of like, oh, I want to accent too now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because we, we've added people through the as the year and a half has gone on and all of the new players have accents and all of us original ones don't because that's not mm. what we had. So it's really funny that like now we're the ones that are just kind of like us. Um, so that's what I'm working in. So all that to say is that I think that you should encourage people to role play, but it's, it's certainly not a necessary part of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, but to kind of like wrap that up in table etiquette, I think that as a DM, you should set the expectation of what you want. I think if you're a DM who wants people to role play, I think you should put that out there and tell people like, hey, listen, this is a role play heavy game. I'm expecting you guys. You don't need to do accents, but I'm expecting you to talk in character. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting you to do X, Y and Z. Um, because it's really awkward if you get into a game and you're like, OK, guys, this is super role play heavy. And someone's like, "Ooh, I was signed up for a dungeon crawl. And like, that's not my yeah. thing. And especially from a like DM standpoint, if if you're the NPCs are the only people role playing, it's like it's super weird. Yeah. You talk to yourself and then it's hard to tell if they're even interested because it can be misconstrued as the players just not really being into the campaign because yeah. they're not role playing. One hundred percent. I think. um Open communication in anything in life, not mm -hmm. just gaming, obviously, is like the key to success with all Definitely. of this. Um, do's and don'ts. I it's funny that you say that about the burning wheel thing that we talked about before, because one of my biggest pet peeves as a DM is when people ask me for things that are like, if you in character cannot convey that you're trying to be intimidating, I'm not going to have you roll an intimidation check. Yeah, that's you a know, very good like point. That, like that's, that's one yeah. of those things that personally for me is a pet peeve. Um, I've had DMs who've been like, oh, are you trying to roll for intimidation? And I like that. Like, I like mm -hmm. the idea of like, hey, are you trying to be intimidating? I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, you can roll. But like, you know, that's not like super coming across. Like, I again, I think it's good to have open communication. But me personally as a DM, it almost is offensive when people start asking mm -hmm. for roles because it's like, you're doing one of two things. You're either telling me that I'm not doing my job well enough that you don't think that I can read what you're doing, which sometimes it's just that you might not need to roll. Like a lot of times people don't understand that like if you're a seven foot human who's threatening a five year old child, you probably don't need to roll intimidation. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like definitely. that happens a lot where people are like, I'm trying to be intimidated. Are you trying to kill the child or like, yeah exactly what are you trying to do at that point right yeah, and it also i think when you do that and you kind of ask that you're, you're coming out of character to do that and it kind of it, breaks, it just throws the game off it, it does breaks, yeah. yeah it breaks the flow of the game and you know i could definitely see that kind of being insulting and especially if it's something that doesn't necessarily affect the story right you know maybe that's just me because i started with burning wheel but like if it doesn't affect the story i'm not going to probably make you roll for it because exactly i'm going to let it happen and there's two play styles. Some people like to be super dice heavy, you know, because mm -hmm. some people, a lot of the fun is rolling the dice. And I get that. I yeah. I really do. I get that. Um, you know, for some people, again, I think we lean towards role play heavy games. So it's a little bit mm -hmm. of a skewed opinion because for some people, they're not comfortable role playing. So it's hard for them to convey what they want to do and they'd rather just roll for it, which I get. But you don't have to be screaming at somebody 
for them to understand that you're trying to be intimidating. Even if you're not role playing, like there's been plenty of times where like just to get through a scene because I didn't want to make my DM role play for another 20 minutes. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go say something like super mean to that person and try to make them cry. Okay, you clearly know what I'm trying to do. So at that point, you know I'm asking for a check without asking for a check. So there's ways to do it Mm -hmm. that aren't like, like, uh, like intrusive and like offensive. Yeah, use your adjectives. That's like another one. You know, if you're if you're trying to use stealth, you know, you say sneakily or I'm carefully trying quietly, quietly exactly. Yeah, Um, yeah, I I agree with you though that from like the standpoint of like don't don't ask me for checks. Like it's your job to to convey that message, and if right. you're not, then that's something you have to work on. You have to explain it a little better, or yeah, you know. And yeah. I think from a player side, to be my own devil's advocate, I I do think that it's frustrating if you don't have a DM that's actively picking up on that because mm-hmm. I have also been on the other side where I've been really trying to do things and be like well you're just never going to convince someone it's like okay but I'm a bard with plus 11 persuasion and I'm literally giving you the best argument I could possibly think of like yeah. at least give me the chance mm-hmm. to try um, and again I think that goes back to like DMs setting expectations for players I know when I ran the first game for you guys and when I run games now one of the things I always tell people is like don't ask me for roles unless I am clearly missing something that like I just didn't get like Mm -hmm. I tell players they can ask for roles if we've already like if it's clear that I've already moved past the thing and you missed what you wanted to do but you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be like as we're having a conversation as an NPC and player you shouldn't be actively asking me okay well I want to roll for intimidation okay well you haven't said three words to me and I'm not scared of you like yeah exactly um that's a big one for me um what about metagaming oh god (laughs) metagaming Metagaming is hard, okay? I think that there is an appropriate level of metagaming that is called strategy. Yes. It's a thin line. I think that's where people get confused, right? Strategy is different than metagaming. Mm -hmm. As a party, you would know what your skills are. Especially if you're a party that's been together, you yeah. know what everybody can do, right? You've seen each other in combat. You've seen each other talking. You've probably slept on the road together for 400 nights. You know, like, you know things about these people that you wouldn't know from the average person. That would be like if you and I got lost in the forest, I would know what skill sets you could bring and you know what skill sets I could bring. None. Exactly. <laughs> we're we're going to stay lost until somebody finds us. Right. Exactly. We would have a great time, but we yep. would be lost. You know, I think that there's a level of understanding that is called strategy, right? Mm. I know that you can cast X, Y, and Z spells. So while we're not in game and we're like, hey, I think you should do this. I personally don't think that that's metagaming. Mm. I think it's strategy. I think it's metagaming when someone is trying to make a decision and it is their character in that decision. And you don't know any better. Like you're not talking to them. They mm. can't talk to you. You're in combat. Whatever the case may be. There is a moment of that player has to make that decision. And you shouldn't be telling them what to do. That's metagaming. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much my stand. If your character isn't in a position that they understand or even hear what's going on. Right. You shouldn't be saying anything. That That's just me. Like. That part bothers me, but again, like there is strategy to it. Obviously, yes. if you and I would just prefer it be done in character. If you were like, "Do you think that's a good idea? Maybe we should and try it this way." There's a level of how do I say this without like completely. There's a level of metagaming that is just fun. So mm. in my 
hopefully my DM, my DM doesn't see this. Uh-oh. But we have like a, we have a chat of just players, like mm. a private chat on Discord where while we'll pl- while while we're playing, we'll be like, oh shit, this is going down. Like, who's got fireball ready? Who's got this ready? We're like, it's meta gaming kind of because we're out of character talking about what we're doing next but it's really nothing like that's game changing it's all like yeah combat stuff we're not like going around and using outside knowledge like we're not like this is where i think metagaming comes in if you have played i don't know water deep let's let's just use mm-hmm. the water deep module if i've played water deep and now you and i are playing water deep together and i know what happens and i'm telling you scala make sure you cast this spell specifically on this person that's cheating which is metagaming yeah that's like the extreme version of it if you and i were like in a game and you were like a new player and you were like holy shit i have all these spells and i don't know what to cast and i was like hey you have three really good options here i don't see that as metagaming i just see that as like that's more strategy it's, it's guide, and it's yeah. guidance like you also want to enjoy it right like mm-hmm. uh, my uh, my first ever and the same dm ian always told us he's like he we play online and we roll real dice there's no checks and balance system and he always mm-hmm. said if you want to cheat then you're just cheating yourself like yeah. the yeah. game is designed to be fun and if cheating is fun for you then that's fine like if you want to fake your dice and you want to cheat and you want a metagame it's on you. Yeah. I don't like it at the table. I think it's annoying mm-hmm. when people like sit in front of you and are like actively metagaming. And it's like, just like be smart about it. Like send a text message. Yeah. That's, you know, if like it doesn't hurt the story or it's not pulling, uh, pulling the players like out of what's actually going on. I don't see an issue with it. But like you said, yeah, if you know the story already, right. that's different. And then at that point, I don't even understand why you would want to play it if you were just going to, you know. If you already yeah. know the outcome. And I'm not, you know, I mean, it, it happens. The other thing is, um, I think it takes away the autonomy of players, especially players who aren't as, uh, aren't like vocally as strong. You know, like if I was just telling you like, oh, Scala, do this, you'll never learn to do anything and make choices on your own. And then the next game you play where I'm not in it, no one's going to be making those choices for you. So it kind of like has longer term effects than just, yeah, you know, it's also, yeah, it's definitely also, uh, like you said, it's guidance. It's a, it's a coaching. So yeah. something like me and VTM where, um, you know, we just finished up our, we finished our one shot, our one shot, but there was a point in which I was. You know, I was like, all right, well, there's all these tentacles. I, I feel like this vampire is probably stronger than me, but I, I literally don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. So like situations like that, it's, you know, if somebody like nudges yeah, me in a certain it, direction. That I don't was kind of hard because like no one had played vampires before. Yeah, that was and different. like I yeah. tried to put it in by being like, you know what this is because you are also a Lissambra, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, say like one of the other characters was like, oh, no, like that's Ob 10 three. Like that's really strong. Get away. I wouldn't have cared because like, yeah, exactly. you know, that's a little different. Um, but, you know, I think strategy is OK. I think metagaming is a hard line to find that balance. Mm. I really do. Um, that's one that I don't like, but it it doesn't drive me like crazy until people start using things. And it really only happens to me in play by post servers, not in game yeah i guess it's a lot easier with play by post right because you can see what so in play by post servers you can see like 
what everyone is doing. So mm. imagine being able to see and read actively what the villains are doing while you're doing your thing and then trying not to use the villain information to fuel what you do. That shit pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Like that above all else, I've gone into fights with people because I'm like, that's literally metagaming. Like, you know what I was doing and now you actively went and made a plan against this, a plan that you had no idea. Like, yeah, there's no way your character would have known Or that. your character would have even imagined that my character was able to do that thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That bothers me. But I think it's hard to metagame at a table. I just think it's frustrating when people do it for like extended periods of time. And it's like, just stop talking. Like, just play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think play with play by post too. Like, even if you look at something, let's say you built a character for Magic U and it was kind of... You know, you had this dark secret that only one other character knows, but everybody read it. You know, if you if you as a, a separate character are trying to like pry that out of them now, then like you wouldn't that's you wouldn't know. Any, yeah, I hate exactly. that. that. See, and that's that what I'm saying me. is that like writing it is a lot like this accent thing for me. No one knows about it. One, because mm. there's nowhere for people to just go actively read it. Right. They can't just be mm. like, oh, Vixen has a fake accent. Weird. I'm going to get that out of her. Where in play by post, you can see that. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see what people's information is and I, I don't care for that, but I don't know. Again, it's one of those things that's like, some people think that it's strategy. Like I've literally gotten to those arguments where people are like, no, it's just me being smart if I have access to it. And it's like, that's like saying if you had the cheat code to a game, do you just automatically use it and not play the game? Yeah, like what's exactly. the point? Like you weren't that smart five minutes ago before we wrote it. So you're not that smart now. Right. That, exactly. Yeah. Cause you would have thought about it before I thought about mm-hmm. it and you would have put it in play. Um, Another table etiquette thing, being late. Yes. Punctuality is a huge thing that I think people take for granted. Because let me tell you, there is always like a good 20 minutes of bullshitting, no matter what game you're playing, no matter. So like you being late just like makes that bullshit time go longer. I have noticed that. And I I get it. It's fun. Like when you first get on like a voice chat, let's say, and you're just kind of like talking, you know, like kind of. It's kind of like stretching, you know, like you're, you're getting is. warmed, you're like up, getting for warmed it. up. But if you showed up 15 minutes late and you miss that and then you just start and then you start bullshitting yeah. on top of it. Yeah. And again, it's not like you can never be late. People are late all the time. You know, mm-hmm. Life happens. But I just mean like there's people who are habitually late and um, th- that's just generic common courtesy stuff. Yeah. But on that same note, canceling sessions. Yeah. And leaving and not attending sessions Mm -hmm. um i think is a huge yeah and life happens right so 100 percent. so even as a player right uh and in one of our campaigns that i'm in with uh ali i had to like i had a kind of like a family emergency thing i just wasn't up for it and i had to i had to cancel you just don't want to make that a habit and you really should kind of like apologize to the team right because then you know the dm is they're gonna have to kind of either do something different with the story that they didn't plan to do originally or depending on the situation, they might have to cancel a session altogether. Yeah. And that does happen as if like one or two players don't show up and you have a small Mm -hmm. game session gets canceled and it kind of like screws everybody else up. And again, we're not saying that like D and D and tabletop games are more important than your life because obviously they're not. Yeah. They're equally as important. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Um, Tell the other things in your life to wait. No. Yeah. Um, you know, but it is, uh, rude to make it a habit to not show up or be habitually late or habitually cancel sessions, which 
is actually something that happened in a game recently with Scala and I. Mm. Um, we actually lost a game because of it because the person running it was canceling it. Yeah. Like almost weekly. Like it was it was getting to a point. We were at like I think four times out of the what eight sessions we had maybe. Yeah, and it, it was also it wasn't just the fact that it got canceled that personally bothered me. Yeah, it was, it, it it was the really... reasons and the amount of notice that kind of I yeah, think drove we got, the game. Away. We got less. The notice was all within 24 hours. Mm. Um, the one was like four hours before our session. Yeah. And for not an emergency. Don't get me wrong. I would not be mad if they were like, hey, even if it was like my internet, to at least lie to me and make it sound good. Yeah, exactly. You it's know, just, like then you're, you're kind of sh- you're kind of telling me you're not interested in the game and, and you don't care about my time or my time. That's yeah. the thing that's like and, you know, not to get super into it because we've just been dealing with it all week. But, mm-hmm. you know, Right now, um, a lot of us are not working or working from home or have more flexible times. But we play with people in that game who are still working full time and going to jobs Mm -hmm. and are losing money because these games are getting canceled and they're staying home to play this game and not out working. Yeah. and And which as a DM, right, if I had a player that even brought that to me. I, I not only feel kind of like, I was like, oh, this person is losing money to play this game. Like, you know, obviously they're investing in the game. Let me do everything I possibly can to make sure, you know, this doesn't happen again. And they, they know I appreciate the fact that, you know, they may have lost money because right. of a game that didn't happen. Stuff and like that. no one would make a deal about, quote unquote, losing money if there was some effort made. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I think that that's a big thing is just being punctual and being able to tell people when you're not going to be able to play. I have a DM mm-hmm. again, same DM, not this one. Um, Ian, he travels all the time, but Ian like the God, Ian, um, he travels all the time, but he always, always gives us at least a week's notice unless it's some like emergency thing where he's like, Hey guys, I got to like, you know, like, yes. Oh, they're putting me on a plane today. I can't play. And that's like above and beyond. If you give a week notice, I don't think any of your players. No. Would and like, again, life happens. We're always upset yeah. because, um, he's great and mm-hmm. we just want to play, but like, you know, it's never like his fault. He has a job and he yeah. always tells us a week in advance. And a lot of times we set up our own like one shot games where we still hang out and we still talk, but. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Actually, if you do have a game that gets, yeah. Yeah, we do that. Um, because I can run games. The one girl, she she's a great DM. She runs a mm. bunch of games. So like, we always have something if people are interested. But it's nice that like he cares enough to be like, hey guys, I don't want to screw you over. So like, here's a whole week. Um, and I try to do you know the same thing. I mean, I try never to miss a game. Um, but if I do, I try to tell people like, yeah, way I, in advance. I don't remember if we mentioned this, but it's the same thing as if. If you have to fall out of a game or if, you know, maybe your work schedule changed and doesn't line up with the game, don't don't drag it along and just like cancel session after session. Just just bring it up and apologize. Say, and you know. don't just not show up. Yeah. Don't do That's that. That's a either. weird one to yep. me. It's just like, especially if it's online, just leave the server. Like no one. There's yeah. even like online. You can even be rude about it. I'm not saying you should. But like if you're just not a confrontation person, you can literally just like leave the server that you're on yeah and that'll convey your message pretty clear yeah Yeah. like i find that super weird (laughs) that people don't do that yep um yeah all that to say uh be punctual be respectful of other people's time and what they have going on and again don't don't ruin the game for everybody and then it, it could be very stressful and i think kind of what happened just referring back to our situation yeah 
was it kind of built up over time. And like, yes, like some of us probably could have brought it up, but we didn't realize it was becoming a problem until it was already a problem. And then it was just kind of this thing. Well, you know, at least for me, it was like, all right, well, you know, nobody has a problem with it. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm dramatic. Yeah. yeah. And then we realized that that wasn't the case. And we're just kind of like, all right. And then the response we got when it was brought up was kind of the hardest part for me personally, because it was just kind of one of those things that was like, it doesn't even seem like you care. You, you care that you know somebody brought up these issues. And then we somehow got blamed that like we were asking for more like consistent schedule, even though we were never the ones canceling. Yeah, it I can't. Was- I did cancel one session, but again, it was a family type of emergency, and I just you know again like I were were you even gonna not come? Because I remember texting you, and you'd be like, "Sorry, I was just out of it," and I was like, "Why don't you just not come to the game?" Yeah, I was gonna still try and do it, but uh, yeah, I was talking to Allie about it, and she, I think you actually ended up I telling them for, for me. you. Yeah, I was like, because he's I, I not wouldn't have coming. been there. Like, yeah, I just wouldn't have like you know like the accent wouldn't work. It's really hard for me to get in like character yeah. if I'm not you know in the right headspace. So yeah, so and even again, then, stuff like, like that. Because I really don't. Because I remember you being like, "Yeah, I'll be on fall. I just might be a few minutes late," and then mm-hmm. I was like why bother coming like yeah you know so and like and like we said life is important family is important mm-hmm. obviously so you know it happens and that situation was just it ended up being a mess a yeah. whole mess yep. with a lot of arguing um but to i think kind of round out where we stand with all of this you know i think there's a lot of table etiquette but i think the number one thing is just respect to the dm and to your other players yes um, I have been in games where players have argued with DMs and I don't mean like disagreements where you, you question mm-hmm. the ruling of something. I mean like players who have straight up like screamed at DMs and been like, that's not how the rule works. Blah, 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 blah. Like see that. I don't think you, even if you have a question about, you know, maybe if you don't agree with the decision they made, I think that's something that should be said one-on-one that's not something you should bring up in front of like an entire it's super weird when people do it because i don't think i've ever had something where i've brought it up like i'm trying to think maybe i've said something but in in that game that got Mm. canceled but that's after like not being respected the other way too yeah you know and i think that that's what happens is when respect isn't both ways um it boils up and it becomes you know a much bigger problem like just going back to that game i remember being asked something specifically like what do you want this weapon to do and answering it three times yeah and that's and the then, other thing like if, if you you're asking for information i'm giving to you and then you're either forgetting it or losing or ignoring it, yeah. it that it's like i'm not going to respect you so again it's probably not in the right but it happens yep um, but I think it's important, and we sort of talked about respecting other players, like not talking over them, not steamrolling, not taking the yeah. attention for yourself. Uh, Listen, that's well, a, what about limits, like oh, setting like hard limits and stuff. Yeah, like that. limits. Okay, um, limits are things that I think, particularly in today's day and age, do need to be discussed. You don't know what's going to trigger somebody. You don't know. And really the problem is it's a little different when you're in person because you can actually see how some how someone responds to yeah. something. It's a lot harder online to know. And a lot of times you don't know the people online, right? Mm. Like, you know things in my life that would trigger me if I, yeah, if I, I had a trigger. Yeah, things that just naturally wouldn't like, bring it up. Yeah. Right. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't really have any. So, but if, if something traumatic happened to me, you would know Mm -hmm. that that thing is not a thing you would bring up. If we were two strangers online, you wouldn't know Mm -hmm. those things. Um, so I think it's super important to always ask your players if you plan on having a game that has any sort of trigger content. Yeah. That you should ask your players. Um, I typically play characters and run characters that are more sexually not safe for work (laughs) awakened. I don't know what the (laughs) word is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. I do typically have characters that like say raunchy. I never do anything like weird in character, but I always like say raunchy things. I think like the first time we ever played um, Burning Wheel, I like made a joke about Thea like sleeping with like 500 men or something like, you know what I mean? So I I think that there's people that are not comfortable with that. Mm. And I think that if you are going to play a character like that, you know that you have a um, player that will play like that or you plan on playing a game where there are trigger warning things. I think you need to set those limits. Yeah. And I think that's important for anybody who hasn't played D&D. If you do have something like that, there is there are systems in place for that. It's, you know. If you had something traumatic happen to you and you're worried about it being in a game, that's just something you should bring up before entering the game to your DM. Yeah, I, I um, agree. They'll set limits and they'll let everybody kind of know. Uh, I believe uh, Allie did that for Magic U for us. And I kind did. of we all messaged her and stuff like that. And then, you know. Yeah, and I kept it private. I didn't like tell anybody yeah. what anyone's triggers were. I think it's super important because mm-hmm. I think if you put it out there, sometimes people won't answer mm-hmm. as honestly. So I just had everyone message me and I was like, hey, listen, like I'll block all the channels that have trigger warning stuff and if you want to read it like just know this has your trigger warning on it so feel free to read it but don't tell me that i didn't tell you Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's actually uh even on discord that there's stuff you could do like uh i think we had something today or yesterday where um emma had like had something she She put like trigger warning and then she did it as a whisper so you'd have to click on it in order to see what it said um there there's things you could do in place to kind of respect other, other players, players. And yeah and i think like that's that, yeah. important um again on dm and player side because i think it's important to know as players mm-hmm. and i think that's why a lot of people put it public is so other players can see it yeah um you know but i think if you set an expectation listen i don't think most D games have a lot of trigger warnings no. i think it's when you start getting into like vampire the masquerade and those things that are like on those darker themes i could definitely see yeah that like vampire the masquerade's got some like dark i can't stuff. see a vtm game that wouldn't be somewhat dark you know yeah. it's, it's kind of built into the it's the over sexualized it. yeah. it's obviously they're monsters that kill humans when mm-hmm. you know, like you know when they give over to the beat so it's really not like a you know but and like a lot of the merits and flaws are like detrimental things to society like there's mm-hmm. you know merits where like you only kill children or merits flaws where yeah. you only kill children you know and the, there's people who just aren't okay with that and you know that's not particularly things that I like to play or read about. So mm-hmm. it's important to tell people that like, you don't want those things in your game or you're not yeah. comfortable playing with it. Some people are crazy and they'll do whatever. They'll, yeah. They'll run those kind of games. But yeah. I think it's also, um, it's also on you as a player to kind of think about uh, the system that you're using. So, you know, if, yeah. if I have an issue with people who, talk about blood and i get like queasy when people talk about blood i'm not going to go Why into would you BTM. Play a vampire Ex- exactly game, yeah. because then w- what kind you know you're not really giving the dm much room to like w- what are they supposed to do like replace it with something well or? yeah and then you get yeah. into that weird world of like you're just playing like second life like now you're just yeah. you're just like using this as an excuse to like talk to people mm-hmm. which is like there's other f- like 
platforms. For yeah, that. there's other platforms for that. You know, um, yeah, I think triggers are are a big one. Um, I think that wraps up my like table etiquette stuff. Respect is the biggest one. Yeah, have fun. Um, you know, don't be rude to each other. Like it's just so hard when when I hate when people argue at the table about things that are super irrelevant. It makes me so yeah. uncomfortable. And I like to argue and it makes me uncomfortable. And you're good at it. Check out our Instagram <laughs> to see my yep. good lying and arguing. Um, But I think as far as that goes, table etiquette is just remember that if you have questions, make sure you ask your DM and or players, depending on what side mm-hmm. you're on and respect each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's it for table etiquette. Now going into our next segment um, that we continue. And, uh, you know, last time we talked about combat wheelchair. Mm -hmm. This time we are bringing in another guest. Who is it? Who is it? Some dude. Some dude. (laughs) Some dude. Um, So Mitch is going to be our guest today. We're just going to take a moment for him to come in and get set up. Hiya, come in. Hello. I'll take you to the game. Um, this is the segment where I sing for a few minutes while you get set up. Is that a segment? Yeah. <laughs> Can Karaoke. I sing? No, it's where I sing. Oh. Karaoke with Allie. I feel like we get a lot of karaoke with Allie. Well... Hello, hello. Oh, yeah, I can hear myself. Oh, is that better? I like to hear you all up in there. Is that better? Yeah, you got to make sure you get like. All right, so we're going to hit the rewind button here for a second. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be. All right, so today we have our fourth member, a fourth and final member of Big Deck Energy, Mitchell. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Mitch. <laughs> Hi, how's welcome it going? Welcome to the table. I'm on the podcast. I know. Are you super excited? Ooh, yes, very excited. <laughs> are you nervous? Yeah, a little bit. On a scale of one to ten. Like three. Did Sarah give you Plus any 10. advice? No, she didn't. Well, Sarah terrible. didn't give me any advice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just so you guys know, uh, Mitch is kind of like our, our Reddit correspondent as well. Oh, am I really? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because we can't function with Reddit. Yeah. That's the worst job title I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> you know that if someone paid you to be a Reddit correspondent, you would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Probably. You do it yeah, for free yeah. right now. No, no. no. <laughs> Not for free. <laughs> Wait, but before we get into the Reddit stuff, really, I do want to hit the rewind button here because uh, mm-hmm. what? Vixen has a secret accent. Oh! <laughs> oh. Mitch plays in the game on Tuesday nights. So remember I was telling you that Eden like messaged me about the game and blah, blah, blah. And I was working on something and I didn't know that's, yep. How does it feel to sit on a throne of lies? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, it feels real good. Uh-huh. Wait, was that a preview? Maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> They're going to be so mad. They're going to be so They're going to be so mad in that game. I'm full of secrets. <laughs> anyway mitchell so we went over so you know today is our horror themed topic Ooh, scary Ooh, scary so horror themed topic um we went over a few options for news and we were going to do reddit horror stories because man they are hilarious but we figured we have enough horror stories of our own 
Absolutely. Um, so we really didn't need Reddit for it. Um, we do have some of our friends that wrote into us uh, on our Discord that if we have time, I will pull them up. But we, um, just like everybody else, we know about the new book that's coming out um, that I almost said that D&D is releasing. <laughs> the Wizards of the Coast is releasing. Um Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Everything. Not to be confused with Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Um, so, Mitch, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with this? What's going on with it? Well, why don't you tell us a little yeah, bit? Yeah. How's the community how's the reacting? Community? Well, I mean, to the content itself, the community is reacting fine to it. Um, they were a little upset with the method of release of the information. What happened? Uh, Mr. So- Reddit. <laughs> Mr. Reddit. That's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> um, I believe Wizards, what they did was they cut up all this information about what is going to be inside Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Not just, not the details, but the, you know, the, the general table of contents. And they gave all that information to a bunch of different, quote unquote, influencers, podcasts, Twitter personalities. We didn't get any guys, don't worry. Oh, no, 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 no. All 33 of you. Yep. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then they disseminated the information that way. So instead of having like one nice spot where you get to go see what's there, you have to, you know, go to 35 different Twitter profiles to get one little nugget of the information, which is different than the little nugget they gave the other Twitter profile. Right. So that caused a little bit of... uh, mild annoyance in the in the community but, on the subreddit but we found oh yeah somebody took the time to put it all together in one nice bullet pointed uh, uh post there reddit post yeah thank you to whoever that was i don't remember. i had heard i think it was uh, i mean i don't really know if it was a her but them them um so a little bit about this we're not gonna get super into like what the book has yeah, i think definitely we're, not yet we're gonna yeah. like just um go over some of the stuff that they released and then we'll talk a little bit about the way that they released it and mm. then we'll share some of those horror stories before we move on yeah so tasha's cauldron to everything do love the name not gonna lie super about it it's pretty good tasha's cool Tasha's cool. Her laughter is hideous, but... Tasha's laughter is hideous. That is correct. Um, It comes out November 17th, which is the day before my mom's birthday. If anybody was curious, she will not want this book for her birthday, but she might get it. Happy birthday. Um, Four chapters on character options, spells, and magic items, group patrons, and tools for dungeon masters. Um... And, you know, it goes into all all these things. Classes and subclasses are getting a whole new revamp. Races, I think they're finally changing a lot of the stuff that, like, people were kind of uh, worked up about. I, I don't really know because I didn't read the race stuff. Oh, yeah, they, they did officially say removal of negative racial modifiers from kobolds and orcs from Folo's Guide to Monsters. So that's actually happening. Oh, which, that's official. Oh, it's okay. official, which is funny because we were talking about it on our Discord yesterday. Yeah. Um, we're not going to get into the whole argument right now, but I actually didn't realize that only two races had negative things to it, which I, I, I thought it was, a I, you know, I, I knew the playable races didn't. I know, I knew that the original playable races mm-hmm. were all just like positive things. Like I knew it was like, and that, I think that's the issue is I, I never, 
maybe this is just me being new. I never really looked at orcs as well. They they weren't a playable race. I mean, none of yeah. none of those. Uh, so like orcs, kobolds, lizard folk, all of that. That's mm-hmm. only recently. Tabaxi probably. Uh, I I don't know. If I don't t- think so. I think Tabaxi were in. They were like one of the first original, not the original playable races. Like I don't. Are they in the player's handbook? They are, yeah, that's where I. Oh, then yeah. no, 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 no. They're not. I'm pretty sure they. I don't are. think so. What did I build? Well, I can't remember. anyway, kids. But I know they were one of the first. They're definitely uh, one of the, the first. Maybe yeah. out of the additions. I don't remember Either negative way. modifiers though. There are no negative modifiers for, for the original player playable. Cl- the only classes, which relooking at it yesterday, mm-hmm. which again is naivety on my part, our orcs and kobolds are the only two that had negative modifiers, and mm. the positive modifiers were not enough to justify the negative modifiers like i could understand if they were like orcs get plus five strength and plus three constitution and minus two to what i what was it intelligence yeah, intelligence yeah okay because then there's a little bit of a balance system there where everyone else is only getting plus two in general but they only get plus two to strength and plus one to con and still got a negative two to intelligence which at that point you're really only getting a plus one yeah yeah Yeah, it's kind of weird and then kobolds have nothing they're just like minus two (laughs) to strength because they're teeny tiny it's like they don't want you to play a kobold and i i think that there's some of that that there's truth to it right Mm -hmm. is that they're supposed to be the creatures originally when the game was written that you're supposed to be fighting so there's supposed to be negatives to that because you're supposed to be the hero back to that like you being the main character thing um, so they are officially changing that, which is interesting. Uh, there is a bunch of sm- spells spells here. Did you look at that little uh, nugget under Warlock? Oh, now the genie? The genie patron? The genie patron? Ooh, I always love new patrons. That's Jafar. <laughs> right? I guess, yeah, technically. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. yeah, I guess you could be Jafar. Now my Disney creations are coming together smoothly. There you go, there you go. Um, what does Bard have? College of Creation. Ooh. Can animate objects? Okay. Kind of about that. I'm not going to lie. College of Eloquence. (laughs) The one thing I'm kind of interested in is where where it says uh, under races, it says uh, players can create completely new custom lineages disconnected from anything in the player's handbook with a fill in the blanks template. Well, that sounds cool. Uh, yeah, I guess it's. I mean, yeah. that kind of makes sense. That'll be exciting to see how they do that. Like, what the stipulations are of what are the limitations? Like, do you have to take negatives if you take a certain amount of positives? Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Um, and just to circle circle back real quick, uh, I didn't realize that. Like, so if if it's just that if the issue is that kobolds and uh, orcs were just not balanced, and that's why they're changing. Like, I feel like that's understandable. I just didn't realize it because i never thought of playing yeah. because i hate orcs so i would never you know i, I never really yeah. looked into and it let's clarify much. that you hate all just high you're just not into high fantasy yeah exactly like so anything every, outside yeah. of anything that's like super mythological you just i are, mean i I'm, I'm okay with like dwarves but it's because they're like entertaining to me you know they're, they're <laughs> just, <Scala. laughs> you know, I, I don't know it's weird there's just something i think it's or because even elves i don't know elves kind of bother me too i, I don't, don't know, like maybe, no legolas in your life I don't know. It's just, for some no reason, orcs early bloom bother me more. But I also played a tabaxi, so let me just commend you on your choice of podcast to host. Being somebody that hates high fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't hate it thematically. I know. I'm just. It is yeah. funny though that like of all things, well, yeah. I mean, he never said D and D was like his favorite thing. 
right? This is we're yeah. we're generalizing. It's just that D and D is the most popular. I like that cannibal game that we we play. We're getting that, there. That's my favorite. We played other games. Um, I am super into high fantasy, so I can see why people want to play those. Mm-hmm. You know, I. Uh, for me, I I think that there's two reasons. I like playing characters that I can relate to. So to be honest, like I typically play humanoid characters. Like I usually play like I think really I play like human elf tiefling. Mm-hmm. Like I like I, my my range is I've played all different characters, but those are like the ones that I like to play. That's like your wheelhouse, yeah. Yeah, it's my wheelhouse. Um, I don't have a problem with people wanting to play them, and I think some people like making like really fun. We played one time with someone who played a kobold who was like a monk paladin. That's funny. Yeah, like, and it, you know, it was entertaining. It was fun. Something I think that's super cool on here that I was reading about earlier, um, two things, is group patrons. Um, so each group patron option comes with its own perks and types of assignment. Group patrons are powerful NPCs. And then sidekicks? Who's hyped for sidekicks? Oh, sidekicks. That sounds cool. Interesting. Um, I backed a Kickstarter by Matt Colville not too long ago that was Strongholds and Followers, which was kind of like, or is kind of like what sidekicks are. So he basically made this whole book that was like, if you have a stronghold, these are all the benefits you get from it, and these are the types of followers that come with them. So our DM uses that in our game. That's something I would be interested in. It's super fun. See, that, that's the thing, and it goes back to kind of the high fan. Like, I I just need detail. Like, it needs to make sense to me. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's the same thing with, like, movies. Like, if, I just think sometimes high fantasy makes it too easy to kind of explain something, and like, that's oh, my issue. Right, where it's, because magic. Because exactly, magic, and that's yeah. my issue. If you if there's like rules to it, and it's you can kind of explain then, it, it makes more sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I can get that. Um, so in that one, he had strongholds and followers, and you literally had followers, and this is kind of like a similar take to that, is it's NPCs that either the DM or the PCs can run, and they're literally sidekicks. They were first introduced in the UA, the Unearthed Arcana, and later printed in the Essentials Kit. They're NPCs controlled by DM or players. They can be customized. Um, there's a sidekick class intended for new players or players who want a chill experience. So, like, you can even play as a sidekick if you really want to run that game where you want to be not the main character. You can run as the sidekick. That might be a good option for new players. Yeah. 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 Who, you know, want to rely on other people yeah they could lean on somebody maybe yeah. if somebody's bringing them into the game they could play like their like, sidekick oh, you're my sidekick come and, yeah yeah i, think it's I mean cool. there are group dynamics in every you know game too sometimes maybe this will mm-hmm. be good for you know already existing games where somebody can kind of take on that sidekick role that they were already kind of playing in you i know? think so i think yeah. there's games where like naturally characters develop those relationships yeah, like yeah I play games where like someone ended up being my bodyguard and it's like we didn't start like that, but that's how we've mm-hmm. evolved, you know, into protector and Absolutely. Um yeah. I actually like when stuff like that kind of happens. When there's kind of uh like player like characters that are great. linked to yeah. It's super awesome. It's like one of my favorite things is like I feel like I always try to find someone in every game that I like my character like latches on to mm-hmm. for some reason. It also helps if like they die in game that you get like super emotional about it. Um, like in our game, uh, the paladin and I are super close. Yeah. Yeah. As, like if, if anything happens to him, my character will. And we just had a PC death. We did just have a PC death. That was very sad. Suit rip. Rip Elendar. Bye bye Elendar. Bye bye Elendar. 
Um, so all that to say, this is coming out November 17th. Very exciting. Um, the content looks good. I am always a huge fan of all this UA stuff when it comes out. I'm not going to lie. I don't think there's ever been one that's been released where I've been like, eh. I've enjoyed them all. I think it's always cool that they're like expanding and that you get options. Cause eventually you get to a point where like, you know what you like to play. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that there's other options. Like, I feel like I've played every type of bard possible. So it's nice. Like now I'll be able to try yep something else even from a spectator point too like seeing somebody else play, play something, something like a, different you know yeah. like 22 new subclasses and stuff like that yeah. gives you more options it's gonna be fun i like to look at the pictures in the new books <laughs> you know that's about it do you look at the pictures on reddit too no i didn't i didn't see any any art for this it yet it's just a joke mr oh. <laughs> he takes reddit seriously okay I know. How did I get this title again? <laughs> because we don't know how to use Reddit. Because I have a Reddit account. Like that, that's literally Mitch, the only qualification. I guarantee you, I don't know I guarantee that you Sarah has Reddit account. She does. Yeah. And she like goes on like Desperate Housewives or something like that. Ooh. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> Real Housewives. Oh. I'll defend that to the end. The Real Housewives. I'm so sorry. Whatever. That is a great piece of modern literature. Whatever. Housewives. I, I got the Housewives part right. I'm sure the Reddit community is thriving for that, by the way. Thriving. <laughs> I'd say there is a Reddit for everything. There is. Literally. I, listen, I love Reddit. I'm just not super versed in it. Like, you were like, go find this thing on Reddit. I was like, I can't find it. That's all you, bud. Um, so, I think that there was some pushback with how it was released. I don't really see it as a big deal. I think it's annoying the way they released it. But I can get behind the idea of them trying to form like a community where it's like, oh, look at all of these like D&D influencers, like go follow all of them that aren't just critical role. You know what I'm saying? So like I get the idea behind it. I get um, Wizards of the Coast trying to be more like uh, all encompassing and, and find other people to help and be like, oh, you know, there's all these different types of gamers. If you like this type of person you know, they play role play heavy, they do this thing, they run, they play, you know, whatever. And it's not like it was hard to find all the information. You just had to wait for somebody else to put it all together for you. Yeah, I, I think it's frustrating. I just don't think that it was like as big of a deal as people made it. My thing, my thing is, yeah, it's definitely not a big deal. Like, like you said, I mean, somebody put it together in like how many days? So it's, it's right. the negatives are like counteracted. Day, I just think it was a bad marketing strategy like i just think it wasn't a smart move and it, it was bound to kind of piss some people off i think um, everything pisses people off yeah exactly like, no matter exactly. what they did if they gave it to one content creator mm. it would piss people off if they released it themselves people would be like oh it's unoriginal they're just doing it the way they always do. like it yeah. just but see my thing is like what if i don't know like you know i'm no t- we I'm new to the community yeah. yeah i don't know many of the people involved in D&D, let's say, like, am I just not going to get the information because it's released from I, somebody that I don't know? I, I have just, to wait for, like, D&D Beyond to retweet it before I could see it or something like that. I well, just... Let me, to interject here, I, I I think that an aspect of it probably that does bother some people as well is there's kind of like this, you know, this idea of influencers and YouTubers and, oh, getting your information through them. You know, that's all, like, very new media kind of thing. I, yes, yeah, I agree. that's true. And... D and D, there's definitely gonna be this aspect of don't change my D and D. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind yeah. of thing going on. I a mean, naturalist perspective. Also, yeah, like, like the kind of nice things about D and D, a lot of times is that it does take out the digital part of it. So right, I, I yeah. can mm-hmm. see the 
uh, push back with it. But you also have to understand that if those people who are still pushing back on it, they're still going to the internet for the information, right? right. Like D and D's not, or D and D Wizards of the Coast isn't printing like they didn't. Pr- they're not printing this out and putting it in the newspaper, right? Yeah, you course. know. So like, no matter what, you're still going to the internet for the information. Really, you could just wait till November seventeenth and buy it. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not the biggest deals. My question would be: Are these influencers people involved in the actual creation of the content? Because if not, then I might have a problem with it. I'm sure they're not. Because I feel like, I mean, if anything, you should have the people who created it, or even the illustrators of the artwork, like you know, give them a chance to kind of be like. I think the problem is is that they're typically not the influencers, right? Like they're not. They're not the people that have thousands of followers that it'll read and like that's really the the sin of it is a lot of times the people that work on it are also not the same people that people would call influencers and i'm not saying it's right or wrong but you know you'd rather give it to you know matt colville i don't know if he had any of it but Mm -hmm. you know he's like a like a dnd influencer you'd rather give it to him where he's going to reach a million people than the person who drew the cover work who's going to reach 5,000. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, it kind of goes against my point that I made earlier. It'd be harder for me to find yeah. if somebody... If it was did, somebody yeah, who was like true. super small. So I think there's I think there's pros and cons. Mm. I think, listen, someone put it together. It worked for us. Thank you, whoever you are. Yeah, thank you, Reddit user. Yeah, I, wish Reddit I, I wish I had your Reddit thingy on here. Um, we can see if we can find it and maybe drop it in. Yeah, yeah, Reddit person. Yeah. Um, I can find it right now because I'm going to go on Discord to read you this little story we got. Ooh, right. We got a story? We got a story. Some VAS? Story is that what we're going into? Yeah. So oh, you guys had some VAS this This is week. from our friend John who um, watches our podcast. Thanks, John, for writing in. He plays the funniest characters, too. I, he I love his characters. awesome. He's a great role player. Um, he's just super fun. So... We told him that we were... So he's on our Discord. We were talking about how, oh, horror stories is like the thing we're going mm-hmm. with this week. And he goes, hey, do you want me to tell you some horror stories that I had? Absolutely. So, and he did a very good job of like summing them up super quick. Mm-hmm. So I briefly read them, but I wanted to be genuinely surprised. So I like skimmed them. So we'll see. So I don't really know what I'm about to read. Katie made it through. Katie is his wife. Katie made it through about two sessions before she dropped out. Now she's not the most outgoing person in the world, but I firmly believe that it is the DM's job to not just arbitrate on the rules, but make sure that all players at the table get a chance playing and in the spotlight. Talked about that. Yeah. Uh, First session, she got to do three things. One was decide on the gong being her musical instrument. The other two were to roll to see if she hit the gong. All that in a five-hour session. Second day was even less, and she just called it quits because she didn't feel like she was being included. That's that's rough. That's yeah. almost hard to do. How do you like willfully exclude somebody that that much? Yeah, and that's even crazy. if it wasn't like even if part of the issue was, I mean, it, as a first-time player, you're not going to know what to do as much. So you kind of need that guidance, absolutely, right? And I don't know. That's. I do have to say that's kind of you're probably a shitty DM if you didn't pick up on that. And yeah, I mean, or you were doing it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if that's DM. the only, like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, in a five hour session, that's that's crazy, right? Yeah, I'd be surprised if she did go back to yeah to another. Like, why would you want to? This was his story, so this is a little bit more on the um, 
he called it the tip like the the typical stereotyp the stereotypical story so he said this was more of a stereotypical that guy story it was a long table like one of those three by nine fold out lunchroom almost tables dude had started about a month ago and was very bad stereotype you was every bad stereotype you could have came in with fingerless gloves past the knee duster coat uh midship boots with oh lots of buckles and his pants tucked into them once he got to the once he got to the point he felt comfortable talking with everyone he decided the height of humor was yelling racist jokes down to the under, other end of the table that was my realization that probably nope out of this place and probably start looking for online games uh, the doubly worst part is how oblivious he was. Nobody at the table except the one guy laughed, and this was a very mixed race setting. So not only do you get the opportunity to tell the world that you're racist, you also stand a good chance of getting your ass beat for being a douchebag. Racist is bad enough, but stupid racist is way worse. Um, nobody gets beat up while wearing fingerless gloves, okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow, so... So thanks, you know, John, the, the for sharing those The conversation we had stories. yesterday in our Discord makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. Because that, that is an example, and it was coming from the DM in that, that story. Which one? The the second story? The, the second racist story, comments, or no, was it a player? Was a player. The DM didn't that, that's all do anything? Oh, see, that's... I just don't understand how you're that comfortable even doing something like that. Listen, some people don't, don't get it. Like, we played in a game where, like, the, the person just did not get it, just... Are we talking? Yeah, Brian. Oh, it just man. did not get it. Like he, he's one of those people I told you that would argue with the DM, and it was just, mm-hmm. oh my god, so uncomfortable. He got mad that he tried to. I think the worst story for me was he tried to intimidate somebody, and the guy was so scared that he didn't answer the questions. And then I charmed him, and because he was relaxed, he answered the questions, mm-hmm. and he flipped it, like flipped the hell out on the DM. He was like intimidation should work and he's like well you did intimidate him you intimidated him so much that he's scared of you and he doesn't want to talk to you which is a reasonable right i mean outcome yeah Yeah. and then he's like she cast a spell and charmed him and is flirting with him like obviously he's gonna talk to her versus the dude that's holding a knife to him when he thinks you're gonna kill him anyway like why give you information if you're gonna kill him yeah and why would you like there should be different approaches to a situation right. and some of them should work and some of them shouldn't that's the point of the game like if anything you do is just going to work like if you could just you would just intimidate everybody and just right end the game. and people react differently to different it's just like the trigger thing right like yeah. people react differently to different things like if i was hitting on somebody who was not attracted to my whatever race gender mm-hmm. wh- whatever i was at the time because yeah. i don't remember you know like then it shouldn't work no matter how convincing I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, if the if it's just not their preference, it just shouldn't work. They could be nice to me. Yeah. But man. We could fill a podcast with horror stories about that game. I feel like we could just have life of horror stories of games. But um thank you, John, for writing in to me. Um Absolutely. better than going to Reddit. Um so check out Tasha's Cauldron of Everything coming out November 17th, 2020. I'm sure we will have some sort of when we get closer episode about it. Yeah. yeah oh, absolutely. for sure. When we get closer, when it comes out, I buy lots of books. Um, so I th- can look at all the pictures. Yes. Just so much can look <laughs> at pictures. Um, and thank you to John. And if you guys join our Discord and you want to talk about your horror stories, we have a whole section where we would just go off and we just talk shit about things. Um, Brian, so if you're out there, thank you as well. <laughs> Join our Discord. What if he's watching? 
He might be watching. Hey, Brian. So, like, just see an angry comment as soon as, as, soon as we upload it. Um, he knew he had some bad table etiquette. He would ask me. He would be like, if I'm being like a douche, like just let me know. Yeah, well, I guess it's good to know. There were so many times where like the DM would be like RPing with you and Sarah. And he'd be like, he would start getting like upset, like pacing. Because he was like, I, I want my turn now. And I'd just be like, just, just relax. It's all right. Mitch is a very calming person. If you also oh, this is tell. so he he had main character syndrome as well. Though. Yeah, he had a lot of yeah yeah yeah. Well, speaking of more horror stories, let's uh move on to games that we played. Yeah, sounds good. Horror games. So the the topic came up this week was because we decided to play horror games, kind of. Yeah. Kind of how we like almost accidentally, right? Almost. Well, we've been wanting to talk about table etiquette in general, and then we were like, "Oh man, horror games, horrors of gaming, it all right. kind of works yeah, no, together." Look know at what that I'm box. Saying? It's scary as hell. Scary as hell. So we played two games this week. We played Lucidity and Donner Dinner Party. Donner Dinner Party. Great games. Um, let's start with Lucidity, and we'll wrap it up with. <laughs> Hunter dinner party. Oh man, do I have things to say about this game? <laughs> so, Lucidity, Six Sided Nightmares. The goal of this game is to escape your dream, right? Basically, you're Basically, having like a yeah. nightmare. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you're having like a nightmare. You get all these different dreams, and the goal is to get out. I'm trying to look for the cool cards. The artwork is so fancy. The artwork is beautiful. And it comes yeah. with 80 dice. Oh, I could do my ASMR. There we go. Um, it comes with 80 dice. It is literally like a dice game. Um, yeah, the dice are called dreams, and that's kind of how it works. Uh, one of the interesting things I do like about it is that like, you don't automatically lose kind of when you lose. You right. become a nightmare, and yeah. you kind of ultimately become the villain, which is cool. Right. You still have a way to win. There's lots of different ways to play. Um, so basically, every player goes by themselves, um, and they, they have a turn. I think this is even a game you can play by yourself. Yeah, there's a say. solo yeah. option. There's a back. solo it's, option. It's yep. complex enough to play by yourself. Yeah. yeah, it's complex enough. That's a good way to put it. It's complex enough that you can play by yourself. Um, and your goal is to get through these dreams. All the different uh, dice do different things. And the goal is to gain 15 power to wake yourself up. Um, you can get taken over by a nightmare if you roll enough of the same color dice. And then you become one of them. I remember to call them nightmares. We were calling them demons the entire time <laughs> we were playing. Yeah, we I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they all are just like types of dreams that you have. So there's temptation, nightmares, primeval fear, imprisonment, depths. So it's supposed to like feed into your generic fears when you dream. Um, and I think there's another one that I missed because that. Oh, envy. Envy. They also have uh, like really kind of uh, two separate types of artwork. That are part of the same cards, yes. so it's uh, a <clears throat> family oh, have, friendly. Yeah, the PG yeah. Version. So the the adult one has like multiple types of artwork, and yeah. then they have a family friendly one where it's super cute. So like, if you were playing with your kids, they're not nearly as scared because some of the artwork is. Sarah yeah. had to play with these. Sarah did, she have did. To play with those. I also to, had to play with those. We gave <laughs> these to Sarah and Mitch. Um, so let's talk about this game a little bit. Um. Do we want to start with the rating, and then we'll go into why? Um, sure. We could do okay. it that way. You know, this game was a Kickstarter game, I believe. Um, I believe we said yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was. It was. Which is, like, awesome. 
I love that. I love, you know, playing Kickstarter games. I think it's so cool. I think it's like a great success story. Absolutely. Which is why I like, I hate to say it, <laughs> but, but like <laughs> the nightmare was figuring out how to play this game. Yes. <laughs> um, I think for me, I would give it somewhere between like a, f- like a five and a half. Um, it is replayable. Uh, it's not that you couldn't, we played it like five times, Yeah, we, but we played it five times because we kept playing it wrong because I'm about to say, cause the statement that we kept saying at the end of every game was, Oh, oh now, now we know, we know how, how to play, play it, it. So let's play it the real way. Almost. Yeah. That every single every time. time we figured out something else we had to do. Yeah. Uh, it probably had something to do with like half the directions being on the inside of the box. The directions we didn't were strange. see until yeah. there were directions were also poorly written. Like it used a lot of in-game lingo. That yeah. was a lot of the issue that we had, which had we had read that inside of the box frequently asked question thing, we would have figured it out easier because they used the lingo like dreams and we were like well what is a dream is it just this section of the board is it anything you roll is it um we had to watch a youtube video which we usually do anyway we usually just watch youtube videos to help us um but we like had to watch a youtube video because we just did not get it yeah like we set up to play and then ended up reading directions and going to watch the youtube video it took us a good i would say 45 minutes to like get into just trying to play yeah yeah so that was hard. I think the artwork is super cool. I like the versatility of the family-friendly version and the adult version. Mm-hmm. I like that it it can be one player. Um, we are talking about doing solo games soon and like testing out some of those. Yeah, because I personally have never. Yeah, and I it. never have yeah. either. And I found some cool ones, so we're talking about doing that soon. So maybe one of us will play Lucidity solo and see how that mm-hmm. goes. Um, it. <sighs> It, you're right. It sucks because it is a Kickstarter and like you, I want to like love it. Like you just want to say good things about it because yeah. of that. And you can see that the like love that went into it. Absolutely. Like it's, 100%. It's a unique system too. I'll give it that. It's I mean, fun. The, the it's dice, a lot of fun. Kind of, yeah, absolutely. It's hard though. Like I won't, I'm, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. It's just hard to get into when you don't know how to play. And there was a lot of rules that were like hard to find like oh if i have too many of this thing what do i do now granted when we were cleaning up the game we found that all of those faqs were on the inside of the box but i think that almost pissed off some of us more it did because my thing is also if you if you have all these questions for the faq why didn't you just address it in the rule book instead of putting it on the inside well, like, of the box ding, ding, ding. And it FAQ. is in the rule book but it's like not in a place where it would naturally make sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like, it's not naturally put that, like, oh, you roll these dice, so why wouldn't in bold be like, hey, if you roll too many of this dice, put it back? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's not um intuitive. I don't have time for rule books. <laughs> Screw the rules, I have money. Screw the rules, I have money. Um, It's not intuitive is the word Even I the, would Even, like, say. the turn order we got caught up with, and that completely affected who was going to win the game. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's something like, all right, well, does the nightmare interrupt the, the dream, dream, or is it kind of, like, which goes first? We had to look for that information, which was... And then, like, I remember reading something, like, three times because I just could not figure out. Because mm. I remember I was like, there's no way that... Because there was one point where, like, I had quote-unquote one like three times over it's like there's yeah. no way that this isn't the end of the game like there's no way mm-hmm. that like this is just gonna keep happening because we're running out of dice sarah's a nightmare she's just gonna keep taking my dice so like this is only gonna end with her winning you know what i yeah. mean like you know and it took us a little bit to like find those rules um i really think the downfall is the ease of understanding now yeah, yeah it's the ease of understanding because the fact that there are so many mechanics to the game is almost like 
it's really cool because it's there's cool so many different because, ways you can win the game. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. It's just not. You know, it's almost it almost feels like it's our fault for not knowing, not being able to pick it up fast enough. It's almost enough, like I felt defeated playing it because I just didn't know what I was doing 90% yeah, of the time. Yeah. And yeah. I'm super competitive, so like that pissed me off. Yeah. But see, we also play a lot of games. So if we're not picking it up, yeah, like I, if you were just not really a game and you just wanted to get into it and you pick this game up, it might turn you off to, you know, well, this is way too complex. Let me go back and play Monopoly or something like that. Right. I was thinking that too, is that like, and there's also not a lot of room to manipulate rules. Like in Monopoly, if you like don't know yeah. a rule, you could just be like, oh, that's fine. Just do that. Like this doesn't yeah. have that. It's just, you had to find the answer. Yeah. Cause if you didn't, then you ended up running out of dice and you literally couldn't continue yeah. to play the game at that point. Right. Um, so I think that it is a passion project. I think it's super cool if you like games with lots of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely not for like new gamers. No. Yeah, I was going to say, like, do I ever want to play this game again? With you guys? Yes. I would never teach someone how to play it. I would never want to play with somebody who hasn't played it before. I would never want to teach Just someone agreed, how yeah. to play this game. It's too much. I do want to try it again now that we've read the rules on the inside and we have those answers. Um, you know, maybe it'll make it run a little bit smoother, but... I think the art is awesome. I'm glad that they got what they wanted. They kickstarted it, and now it's a Barnes & Noble exclusive, which I think is really cool. Yes, definitely a success there. Yeah, definitely a success. The artwork is phenomenal. Like You you can't get over the, like, thematically, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had some, like, creepy music playing in the background. Yeah, we did. When we were playing, which was fun. Um, but overall, it's... Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, out of 10. Right. Like, let me put it this way in BDE terms. I'm not saying it's bad. And I'm not saying I wouldn't do it again. But it's not my booty call. You know what I'm saying? There we go. There we go. (laughs) Not going to be the first one I call when I need some D. Yep. But if you're drunk enough, you know. You know what? 3 a.m. Maybe. Right. But if uh, no one else picked up the phone. Give old Lucidity a call. <laughs> um, now, a game that I would have on speed dial. Howdy, neighbor. This game was so much fun. <laughs> this game is ridiculous. Um, Donner Dinner Party. Oh, my God. What do you even say about it? <sighs> it's just it's just so much fun. Why don't you describe the game, Scala? It's, it's very similar to kind of... Um, Mafia, like mafia, Ma- or, mafia, or Salem, yeah. And it's you know, it's, like that. the better liar you are, the better you're gonna do at this game. Yeah. So you're pretty much, uh, so you're pretty much gonna lose to Allie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so one person is the uh, cannibal. Everybody else playing. Well, not one person. Depends one on how person, many people. One person if you play game, with four. If you play with four yeah. players, and then it goes up incrementally up to ten yeah. players. Yeah. So you're either a cannibal or a pioneer. If you're a cannibal, <laughs> the the idea is obviously to eat other people, and you do that through these cards like uh, poison stuff like that. Um, and then if you're a pioneer, it's to survive. Uh, you go around this board, which each uh, each spot is a week. Uh, the problem is if you don't have enough food, so everybody contributes a card. So let's say there's four of us playing and we only get three squirrels. Uh, somebody can't eat. So you have to decide who is least valuable you to the group. You mean three fish, Scala. Three fish or We can squirrels. eat with the yeah. squirrels. That feeds two people. You're right, you're right. <laughs> yep, only three fish this week. Guess we got to eat somebody. <laughs> yep, which is ultimately what happened to me. First game, week one. Why are you so upset? It was week one. We, we needed somebody to fill. We needed someone to eat. 
It was, it you was were a bad rough. leader. I was a bad leader. Well, we also didn't understand we the game right wrong. away. Yes, yeah. we played wrong. But after like a round, we figured it out. Um, yeah, and then you have the camp leader who kind of... Um, <laughs> So the only person who doesn't get to choose their card is the camp leader, and that rotates throughout the weeks. And it's, yeah, it's to add some, like, diversity to the game. So, like, Mm -hmm. they could put a poison in and not know. Exactly. And then it kills people, and then, you know, you don't know who the cannibal is. The idea is to sabotage, if you're the cannibal, to sabotage that week's... Food. Food without anybody realizing you're the one who sabotages. Yeah, the idea is to sabotage and not get voted off. Because then you get to convince everybody else, hey, why don't we just eat some people? Gosh darn, I would hate that. Yeah, it's, we have no choice now. There's not enough food. Got no choice no now, choice. Kids. Gotta eat some people. Gotta eat some people. We were talking with those accents the entire <laughs> oh, time we were playing. We was having um, some. Yes, it is some on our Instagram. You can see it. Western Pioneer accents the whole night. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And this is definitely a game that alcohol would make. Drinking yeah. It's a drink. Game. Yeah. Next time we play this, we're going to get more people. We are going to get super plastered. I didn't mention that. You could play with up to 10, 10 people, yeah. which is huge. It's awesome. Um, we're so excited to play this again. It was like one of those things that it's hard to keep replaying when you have a small group because really only one of us is going to be the candidate. Yeah. It's a one in four chance. And then you learn how people start to lie. And like, you know, not that it's not replayable, but after we played Lucidity for like three hours and we played this for like another hour mm-hmm. or two. Um, I can't wait to play it again, though. It's oh my god, Me it was too. so fun. Was I had fun. the ultimate deception. I'm still very proud of it. She decepted one of us. It it's called me. deceived. I was so torn in that last game. I told you, man. I told you she was lying. Mitch was like, "I know she's lying." I was like, "How? How do you know?" <laughs> that was the best. I he feel does, like that no, when we were speaking like... in accents was killing me because, like, yeah, you were like, "Do you want to know how I know she's lying?" <laughs> How? Please tell me. I just dead ass stared at both of them. He was a liar. But yeah, definitely. Would I lie to you? Yes. The answer is yes. See, you dropped the accent first. That's why he believed you. He went serious mode. No, you know what it was? It's because she she went in. Yeah, she (laughs) dropped the accent, and she was kind of like. I always want to play the villain. I uh, villain. I haven't gotten to play the villain yet, and I was like, she does always want, and that that's what got me. Yeah, because I didn't even get to play the nightmare and then first kind on of, Lucidity. Yeah, she's like, Mitch, I'm done with you. And Mitch kept explaining it, and I was like, oh, is he overcompensating? I I couldn't. I just couldn't tell. And at the end of the day, oh man, she was the cannibal. She always wins. She always wins. That's not true. I don't always win. I just always win at arguing. That's true. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yeah, and part of my ignorance, I had no idea this was based on an actual thing. <laughs> oh, we told what? you that yesterday. Yeah, I just found out wait, yesterday. What? Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't wait, know. Wait, you don't know that the Donner Party is a real thing? No. Okay. All right, well, so it wasn't just me. history okay. lesson. Scala goes, oh, that's based on a book. And we were like, no, it's based on history. So uh, Oregon Trail times, they were... Like the late 90s? Not the game. Oh. Oh, my God. There were an actual group of people, the Donner Party, who were traveling, and people, uh, it was during winter, and it was, like, super harsh, blah, 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 blah. I don't really know all the details, so let's not pretend I'm a historian here. Um, And people had to eat other people to survive. Now, granted, historically speaking, they were eating people who were already, like, dead. They weren't, like, killing people. That's just what they told me. But there's conspiracy theories that... They were killing off people so they could eat them. Mm-hmm. So were they cannibals? You know, whatever. 
they ran it's out of squirrels where, like, and fish, I guess. It's kind of where all those stories come from, right? Like even like the Roanoke stories where it's like, oh, all these people yeah. disappeared. Are they cannibals? Are they? It's, it's all that realm of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's based in reality. So the fact that we're making light out of history, I don't know about that, but... Yeah, so it's based on something real. It's not like some weirdo was just like, oh, cannibalism. Yeah. I don't know which is weirder, though. The fact that it was. You know, based. that's. Yeah. But I'm still going to play it. I'm just going to say that now. I'm still going to play it. It was oh extremely my God. It fun. It is so fun. And it is like impressively fun. Like, I did not think it was going to be as funny as it was. Yeah, it was. And Definitely the accents helped. I Absolutely. Believe. I'm not like the go check out our social media guy, but like. Go check out our Instagram where we posted all the videos of us playing. We were just like, it was hilarious. We had so we were much fun. So much fun. Yeah. Um, also, this should be noted is whatever material they made all their stuff out of oh, is yeah. like the nicest like vinyl material in the world. It looks like a mouse pad. It's yeah. not like a mouse. It's, it, like, it's um, like a. I don't. I don't know. I think vinyl is the word mm-hmm. for it, mm-hmm. but it's like it's super textured. All the cards are like this. The book is like this. Um, the map comes with a little frying pan. <laughs> Always appreciate good gaming materials like that. Yeah, like good yep. gaming materials make make life. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only thing I would say about it is I wish there was just more options as far as the uh, the supplies and hunting yes. cards go. Uh-huh. Because there's uh-huh. really just, what, fish, squirrels, fish, empty squirrels, hands, poison? Poison and medicine. medicine. And medicine, yeah. Yeah, right. The game is not made to be complex. So if you're looking yeah. for a game that's like requiring you to do a lot of thinking, this is like... If you guys have ever played Mafia just like in your house where you like, you know, write down who's the Mafia and mm-hmm. who's the whatever. This is like that with some material. Yeah. So it's nothing like, right, it's nothing like over the top. With the mechanic of the getting the hunting cards and yeah. trying to find enough food and for like, the And like, yeah, yeah, everybody gets a card that's like a card that they can play to help themselves. So like mm-hmm. one card lets you not get voted for a week. One card lets you do some extra hunting, um, all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, the versatility could be could be a little bit more, but it's by no means Necessary. like. Yeah. But it's it got its just formula f- down. Oh my god, it it's just a simple fun, fun, simple, hilarious game. Social game. There's a lot Social. of role playing going on too. You know. Yeah, we we must have been laughing like seventy five percent of the time. Oh my god, it was so good. Great game. Great game. Yep. Um, it's so funny. Sarah's a sh- shitty liar. She, she gave up just because... She was the cannibal one of the times that we played. I think she was the cannibal twice in a row when we got her. She I was. Think. Well, we got her the second time, but the first time she was the cannibal, she was so dead set on not getting caught as the cannibal that she forgot about winning. So, so we, like, just made we, it we the played end of the week. a whole game where like, we didn't... We voted you off? You off. That's when you died. Yeah, yeah. We voted you off the first yep. week because you were just like... We were like, oh, Scala, you're a shitty leader. We have no... I mean, we had no... We had no way to know who was the cannibal at that point. Yeah. Um. So we voted you off, and then the whole game we had food the entire game. We didn't have to take any other votes. Yeah. Because Sarah was dead set on not getting caught. Yep. Oh, so I, I don't <laughs> think we explained how you win. So if you're a cannibal, you have to. What is it? By the there end has of to the be week, equal amount of cannibals, cannibals to players. Yeah. Or more. Or, or more. Cannibals. Or more cannibals to players. Um. Well, yeah. In a four-person game, it has to be equal. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you're the pioneers, if you make it to the end of the, if it's, it's either six or seven weeks, depending on how yeah, many people. Yeah, depending on how many people. Yeah. If you make it to the six or seven week mark without uh, getting eaten, you win. It's like a super easy, like, yep. you either eat people or you win. 
And I believe there's like a time limit in which you have to make your argument, which we, we may not have been playing with right. I'm not. I'm not I mean, we didn't use a time limit, but it was yeah, fun. Yeah, it, it was just fun. But I imagine if we play with more people, we'll have to figure that out and kind of use the time we limit. We replaced that rule with you have to speak with an accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really much, yeah. did. Yeah, so you know, if you're in Jersey and you wanna you wanna give it a try, yeah, anyone in Jersey, I wanna get as many people oh as possible just to see how it plays out. Ten people, yeah. yeah. You wanna play some Donner dinner party with us? I ain't yeah. no damn cannibal. <laughs> really? Because you jumped to cannibalism real quick there. That first week, I was hungry. <laughs> um. So ratings, Donner dinner party. I am. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an eight. An eight. It's my kind of game. Give it the top 10. I'm going to give it a nine. I think it is so, so fun. I had two hours of pure fun playing that game. Yeah, it is just. And that's what games are supposed to be, right? Like just fun. Like it is just. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was like we were also on like a heightened state because lucidity is really dark and we were like really focused and really. And it was in comparison to lucidity. It wasn't as complicated. The complete opposite. So it's also like. You know, it kind of fits that horror theme. I mean, you're like eating. Well, that, that's people. like the great part of it is that it right. is a horror game, but like it was also fun and entertaining. So it was really nice to have two sides of the spectrum. We had something really dark that was like, mm-hmm. really, as a board game can go, was scary. Like, I think I told you guys I had like a nightmare the, the night that I was like, stu- I was playing Lucidity, but I was yeah. like stuck in the dream and I mm-hmm. couldn't get out. Um, so, like, it is scary as far as board games go, and this is, like, horror in the literal sense of, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the history of it is scary enough. They didn't have to The act- history is scary. Um, I think that overall, I do think... I, I would still recommend Lucidity. I just would not recommend it to new gamers. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would go out of my way. If you have it and you know someone who has it or plays it or you could borrow it, I definitely think it's worth playing. I think the concept is super cool. Do we know the prices? Yeah, so Donner Dinner Party is uh this is thirty dollars. All right. Good, at Barnes and Noble. Um you can only get this at Barnes and Noble. It's an exclusive. And Donner Dinner Party is I wanna say twenty. That's not bad. That is really good. Twenty dollars for that. Yeah, especially if you get ten people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a game you could you could replay over and over again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, remember support your local stores. But like I said, um, you know, including Barnes and Noble, this is a Barnes and Noble game. Yep. Um, let me look up Donner Dinner Party if you can get it for. Yeah. Like what price you can I mean, get that? Thirty dollars is a good price too, just for the option of solo. Play. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, thirty dollars is pretty much always what I'm willing to pay for a game. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Yeah, Amazon is pricing this at fifteen dollars. Uh, usually, Barnes and Noble is like a little bit more expensive than $15. that. Fifteen dollars. So that's where I got both of these because I w- I was going to buy Lucidity specifically, and then we saw that, and I was like, I'll just pick it up. You know who likes Lucidity? Who? Polly. Well, I bought this for my brother for Christmas, and he oh, lost it. So, um, wow. Right, rude. So that's how I found out about Lucidity. Was I saw it every single time I go to Barnes and Noble. I was like, man, I want to play this. I called him that night, and he's like, I don't know where it is, and so I bought it. Wow, rude. Future podcast podcast guest, I'm sure. Probably. Uh, yeah. Hopefully soon, you guys will meet my brother, and then we can all tell him he's rude. Yep, rude, <laughs> rude. So overall, Donner Dinner Party, Lucidity. Uh, I think we averaged around a five ish here, five ish, six ish, five ish, nine ish, and nine ish here because yeah. I was kind of right in the middle of both of them. So, you know, pick them up, pick them up, try them out. Let us know what you guys think about them. Um, or, you know, Instagram Live your Donner Dinner Parties. 
Oh, it's fun. Yeah. It is just... Mm. It, it, it's a lot of fun. You get to put on the spot in that game, too. You got to yep. defend yourself. It is a good time. So, let's jump into our next little uh, shout-out thing, section, segment, whatever you want to call it today. So, we plan on making this uh, a regular thing, which we talked about. Um, So, first, just like last week, we have an Etsy shop and a podcast. We'll start with the Etsy shop. Um, Scott, you want to talk about the Etsy shop a little bit? It's the bottom one. All right. It is called, was that Saffron Stitched? Yeah. Right? All right. So saffronstitched.etsy.com, S-A-F-F-R-O-N-S-T-I-T, Stitched. Yeah. Dot com. Um, so what do they have there? They have D&D face masks. I mean, you know, with the Ooh. Pandaroni. The Pandaroni out there. You, you got to stay safe. You got to keep your uh, you got to keep your mask on. And what better way to do it than with a D&D mask? I ordered one. It's not just a uh, mask either. They have things no, like uh, pop holders. Etsy. Yeah, and it's, it's not just of, D&D. It's just like, yeah, they like, have like uh, fandom culture. Yeah, like fantasy stuff, like galaxy, yeah. like space kind of stuff um, I saw too. Did you order me one? No. I've been looking for this print everywhere. So it's funny when um, they messaged us because I've been looking for this specific print that uh, they had on their shop where it's like the it's right on their Instagram. It's like a blue one with like dice and all this kind of stuff on Mm. it. And I have looked at their shop before, believe it or not, and they didn't have it when I wanted to order it uh, a few weeks ago. And then I saw it again today and I was like, oh, I ordered it. So hopefully it'll be here. There we go. So check it out. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm gonna go order one for myself. now. Good. Do it. I'm gonna order two. Okay, are you gonna give one to Scala? Sure, you'll you get one, Scala. Yes, I just I just love the new mask like marketplace. There's like <laughs> you can get a mask for anything. You now. really can. How so, do you not have a Master Chief mask? Well, we're gonna go order one right now. <laughs> okay, we're gonna Etsy get him shop, a, Master Chief. We're gonna get him a Reddit correspondent mask. Just the Reddit logo. <laughs> Mister, I know. I'm just getting Mister Reddit. Never on say it. those words, please. <laughs> Why do you not like that? Reddit correspondent. <laughs> we're oh getting Mister Reddit on it, like Mister Wonderful. Mr. Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hi, princess. So um, the podcast that I found, they just randomly started following me on Twitter, like my actual Twitter. And I was just like, oh, I wonder what this is. What is that Twitter? Just so our viewers know. A gaming girl says, I made it when I started like all of this gaming stuff because I wanted it separate from my life. And now it's the only Twitter that Wait, I use. That's why that Twitter handle wasn't available for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. Um, uh, yeah, so that's me. Um, and this podcast started following me, and uh, I wasn't like promoting anything. Like, I wasn't like looking for podcasts or anything. It was just like just a random follow. I think I might have like retweeted one of our things. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, is it the coolest thing ever! So it is called Workout Adventure Podcast. Uh, their Twitter is Workout Ad. A D V E N T U one, so it's not adventure, it's just adventu. Adventu, adventu one. Um, they're on Apple and Google Podcasts, so workout adventure podcast. If you look them up, they have two episodes out right now. And what it is is they basically tell like a thirty-minute story, and you are the D and D character, but it's a workout. 
So like the one I listened to was you're a monk and you're like running and you got to, uh, they have different types of workouts and they said that they're going to do 10 episodes in this season. Mm -hmm. So the monk one is like, and it's cool. There's like theme music and, uh, the guy who speaks for it, I, his voice is awesome. I love his voice. Um, he, uh, basically tells a story like a DM, but in between it tells you to like do workouts. It's like, okay, you can see the, I don't remember what it was, whatever Citadel down mm. there. Okay. You have to run for it. And then you just keep running until you quote unquote reach it. That's in the podcast. Yeah. And then you bring a dice with you. And he was like, you either can stop and roll it or you can just like put your finger on mm. the dice and then figure it out. And then that'll tell you like what you have to do. So they'll be like, Oh, do, um, you know, like you'll stop here and you'll do push-ups and you'll do 20 push-ups if you roll 20, you know, stuff like that. Great way to get us nerds what in shape. What an idea. What an idea. Yeah, right? Shout out for innovation. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So they have a monk and, oh my God, what is the other one? I don't remember. I wrote it down. Um, The monk was the one that I listened to. Whoa. Lost you there for a sec. You lost me. Um, Monk and barbarian CrossFit. That makes sense. Barbarian CrossFit. Yeah, Barbarian CrossFit. Um, So I didn't listen to Barbarian CrossFit yet. I listened to Monk Running is like Mm -hmm. what it was called. Um, So, man, is it awesome, though? And like I said, I think there's something to be said about someone who has like a nice voice and he he had a good voice for it. Uh, I tried messaging him before the show or I assume I don't know who's working on it. Mm -hmm. I tried messaging them before the show. Um, I haven't heard from them, but hopefully... Uh, they watch this and they hear it. They only have like a hundred followers on Twitter. So 100% go follow them. It is so worth it. I followed them on Apple music. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's super entertaining because in New Jersey, things still aren't open here. So Mm -hmm. now we can do that on our hikes. Oh, (laughs) we can pretend that we're GoPro. We'll film it. Pretend that we're like monks and stuff. We're going to, we're going to LARP hike. Yeah. Oh my God. LARP hiking everybody. We have to commit now. We have to do it. We said it on the pod. We have to do it. We said do it for the pod. (laughs) Do it for the pod. (laughs) Um, so go check out that Etsy shop and that podcast. If you have podcasts and Etsy shops and Kickstarters and things that you want us to look at, please let us know. This yeah. was me saying yeah. comment, comment down below, yep. but this will come to uh, SoundCloud and all that first. So, you know, yeah. Um, let us know. Join our discord. It is uh, a good place. We're always active on our social media. So we're always looking for people to talk to. Shout out to um, our discord. That's finally like starting to get people. Yeah. It's a good um, feeling. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Conversations. Um, and... <laughs> Let me do this real quick. Sorry, my Discord is like 500 pages long. Oh. Oh. Shout out. Right there. Huh? Shut up. Shout out to Ghost Unit 25. I couldn't remember the number at the end of it because you have been <laughs> such a great supporter of ours. Um, just since we've been doing all of this and uh, we can't wait for you to start your Kickstarter so we can support you the same way you've supported us. So. Absolutely. 100%. And of course, uh, as always, shout out to Casey. Shout out to uh, beautiful Casey. If you guys have not seen the Vox Machina um, uh, like drop that they did today on, what is it, the 26th, 27th? The mm-hmm. 26th. Um, they did a drop today of uh, a yeah. preview of their 
they're it called the, the, the legends of, of the, the legend of le- yeah, Vox the legend making of the legend of the, yeah. the legend of the making of the legend of Vox Machina <laughs> yeah. or something like that. My best friend, our best friend Casey is uh, she's working on the show. She is in the video seven minutes and 45 seconds in. You will see her drawing Trinket. So if you are a fan of Trinket, uh, you see her drawing him and uh, and go check out the back of Casey's head. <laughs> also, you know, it's just becoming a thing that we just shout her out on this podcast. Um, and she's imaginary; she's not real. <laughs> one day she'll be here when she comes back from California. She is real. She has a. She's on the screen. Prove in it. The, Prove it. I guess no one would know that that's Casey. We could just be like that random person drawing yeah. trinkets. Our friend. Spot the Casey. New game. Spot the Casey. Um. So shout out to Casey. Uh. We are wishing you all the best luck in California. And uh, stay safe out there. I know there's like a lot of stuff going on yeah. out there. Um, yeah. So wrapping up now that we've talked about Casey, because we always talk about Casey. Now, at the we're, end. now we're clear to wrap up. Yeah. Now we always talk about Casey at the end of our podcast. Um, so yeah. Horrors. Horror episode. So uh, I mean, it's, I think to sum it up, you know, just just don't be a dick. You know, have right. good table etiquette, um, and you know it's you know, take take the new people under your wing if you're a veteran player and kind of you know show them the ropes and let them know it's it's okay to role play or it's okay to not know everything and stuff like that. One hundred percent. Do you want to know the worst game I was ever in? Yes. <laughs> okay. This is a real quick VAS. Do story. I know this one? I know everyone, this VAS. Okay. everyone knows this story. I've been in a lot of like bad situations, but the worst situation I was ever in was there was a I was in a vampire the masquerade vampire the masquerade. Oh no! Mm. Ooh, a I know this. Server, um, and it was like a bloodline server, and man, the people running it were wild, like wild. And when I tell you, we talk about trigger warnings. It mm. had everything from like being take I'm, I'm trying to avoid using certain words yeah being taken advantage of to changing your uh physical makeup of your body forcefully oh is this the wild. was this the 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 fp game yes okay what is fp try not to use certain words so i forget i don't know yeah um there are some words that i cannot say on this because even like on like i I mean, I want to say them, but I'm not going to say them. You check out our Discord and I will post screenshots because I was that asshole that took screenshots of it. Um, but yeah, that was the worst game I was ever in. And I just realized I can't see 90% of the words. So I guess the, the rest of the story is irrelevant now. Whoever guesses what FP is, is the Discord user of the week. There Discord we go. Discord user of the week. It's still going to be Ghost Unit 25. <laughs> still my Discord user of the week. Um, so yeah, all that to say is uh, don't be a dick. Don't um talk over people don't be the main character syndrome person that we all love oh god it's the worst it's literally the worst right mitch any any thoughts you want to add you weren't here for that part of the conversation yeah you know i mean a lot of people get their you know uh flow their 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 creative juices in playing D D, you know what i mean like but but gotta remember you're there to have fun you know not everybody there not everybody's at the table to practice their dramatic writing or mm. whatever their role play their acting their accents some people are just there to just laugh you yeah know? get away from the that's, real that's world the for a little bit it. yeah that's the point of it yeah well i think with all of that that concludes our horror episode of bde